I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Now, we're going to get to Greg Schwartz of the Bleacher Report. And uh, we'll go right to the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline and talk to uh, Greg Schwartz of the Bleacher Report. What's going on, man? Not much. Thanks for having me on this morning. Uh, listen, no problem. Um, you know, right now, uh, you know, obviously it's, it's a, a crazy time for you. Uh, Cavs uh, get to get the number three pick. There's a lot to talk about with that. But first, I want to I want to get into a, a really cool um, article uh, that you did. Uh, it's the five year anniversary of the, of the Cleveland Cavaliers um, a, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and you did a really cool piece, uh, and, and uh, you did a piece, uh, a wine and gold winner, um, the best moments of the Cleveland Cavaliers 2016 championship explained and illustrated. Um, it was written by you, and the artwork was really done by um, Oliver Barrett, and this is a really good piece, um, really like uh, if you're a, a, a fan uh, of the Cleveland Cavaliers or just a historian, this is a really great piece of work. As I'm reading going through this uh, in between the breaks and different things like that, the illustration is dope. Uh, it, it goes piece by piece and really breaks down how the the 3-1 comeback and the different, um, you know, just the catalyst for the 3-1 comeback. And it's broken down into specific, um, you know, Things that happen in the chronological time frame that goes from, you know, how it started from, you know, one of the things, the little known thing, I don't give too much away, but um, started with the laugh with, with Clay Thompson kind of mocking LeBron James um, and people really feeling like it was over. The Warriors, uh, you know, coming, you know, 73 wins, best team of all time. And people really throwing dirt in the Cavs uh, grave. And it gives some behind the scenes look as you cover that team, as you cover that uh, situation. Um, how did this kind of come about? And, and and what you know, when did you start kind of writing this and, and thinking about this piece? Yeah, so this was, um, I reached out to Oliver in January. I had wanted to do something. I knew the five-year anniversary for the the 2016 title team was coming up in June. I wanted to do something that just hadn't been done before to kind of like honor or pay respect to that team, Um, you know, because as somebody who grew up in in Northeast Ohio and, you know, was an Indians fan, a Browns fan, a Cavs fan, um, you know, I, I never thought I'd see a championship. And, and, no, that year and that that team was just so much. You know, it wasn't always fun. There were stressful times, but the you know, of course, the ending was so just incredible and magical. I wanted to do something to cover and, and kind of pay respect to that team. And you know, a lot have been written about it. People had written books about it. People had done projects about it. Nobody had done like an illustrated essay that just combined artwork and words and quotes and stats and it, it's just like a complete breakdown but it's also it's easy and it's fun to read so what we did was 
we, we decided what are, what are the, the most important moments of the 2016 finals? Like what were the defining moments? And we came up with six that really like, you know, the, this, the three, one comeback couldn't have happened without this and this and this and this. And, um, Oliver, who's, um, he's from the Cleveland area. Uh, he's just a tremendous artist. He's worked, he's done work for ESPN, for Disney, um, just all these major corporations. I discovered him in, in 2018 when he did um, some LeBron James artwork for ESPN. And I was just such a fan of his. He had season tickets um, that year in, in 2015-16. So he was like at, at every game, every home game. Um, he showed the best year of his life. Uh, I was the Cavs lead writer for Bleacher Report. So I was there covering the team. And it was just such a great time in our lives. And I said, what could we do? to kind of commemorate this team. So we, we came up with this illustrated essay. It's 32 pages. So it's not like you have to sit down and read this 300 page book, but it's, it's something that, you know, you can, you can sink yourself into. And he's got so many, you know, he's got the six main pieces of art in there to commemorate all the moments. And he kind of put his own twist on them. And then there's, you get a bunch of like little illustrations in there. You've got little Kev in there. You got Matthew Delvadova, rocking the can of Corona at the back of the party in Las Vegas. And I just really researched all these items and went deep into it and found a lot of stuff that, you know, you didn't notice at first. Um, you know, for example, it's like when, uh, when, when Kevin Love is playing defense on Steph Curry and Curry has the ball and Love is kind of shutting him down, Curry makes that pass to Draymond Green and then Green passes it back. Well, that's not actually what was really happening. Uh, Curry was never even trying to make that pass to Draymond Green. There was another Warriors teammate that was wide open that he was trying to make that pass to. And it's just stuff like that that we broke down um, in the essay that, you know, people probably didn't know about before. And then you mix that with art and stuff. Um, so what we did is we, we compiled that into a 32-page essay. Um, we're selling that online for $10.00. Uh, that's a digital copy, or you can print it out. You can do whatever you want with it. And then 10% of that $10 that we make, we, we want to pick out a charity. So we're donating 10% of all sales to uh, the Boys and Girls Clubs of, of Cleveland that supports um, after-school programs, summer programs for some of the at-risk youth in the area. So it, it's a project we were really excited to do. Um, it, it's for Cleveland fans. It supports a Cleveland charity. And um, if anybody's interested in it, the, the link's on my Twitter bio that they can click on there and buy that. Yeah, d definitely. I, 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 you know, I was in, in the middle of the break just looking around like, man, I'm just I just keep clicking back at the different stories. I'm looking at the pictures. Um, I actually, to be truthful, I just tr tweeted that out. Um, uh, and uh, if you guys are interested, make sure you go uh, take a look at that. Tw click that link. Um, definitely some some really um, great. Uh, great illustrations, some behind-the-scenes stuff that I really didn't know, um, and stuff that you would never get if you weren't in the locker room, weren't um, covering the team. And I think it's just a really good commemorative piece uh, in terms of uh, behind-the-scenes stuff, uh, going between be behind the scenes with one of the teams that, you know, hey, we, it's our only champion. It's our only team to actually go about doing this. So really interested in seeing that. Make sure you guys check that out. Um, I just tweeted that link as well. Um you know, Greg, we, we, we it seems like we, we did it. We, we, we're here where uh, I don't want to seem like we got the first pick, but we got the third pick. Um, I, first of all, I didn't I, I tried to watch it on YouTube. 
the whole lottery and how they came up with this this algorithm for this lottery, I was totally confused. I, I was just like, uh, this is really how you guys do this. I was confused. I'm like, what do you mean this is how you guys judge the lottery? The behind the scenes, I was looking at it on YouTube. It was totally baffling. All I cared about was the fact the Cavs got the third pick, which uh, I, I'm guessing was it was probable. Break break down how um, probable it was uh, in terms of, you know, who got screwed in this? I heard Orlando kind of got screwed <laughs> and they got moved around a little bit. Which teams really came out of this thing like, oh, man, come on, this is horrible. This is, this yeah, is the biggest loser for me was probably Oklahoma City. Um, you know, they were they were right there with Cleveland in terms of they were projected to get, um, you know, a, a fourth or fifth overall pick. Um, best case scenario for Oklahoma City, um, they could have moved up to number one with their own pick, and then they owned Houston's pick and fell out of the top four. So best case scenario, the, the Thunder could have walked away on draft night with the number one and number five overall picks. But the way it fell – um, Houston's selection obviously fell number two, so they got to keep it. So they, they lost out on a pick there. It got moved back. And then their own pick that was you know supposed to be um, or could have potentially moved up to number one fell to number six. So they went from having potentially number one and number five to uh, six, and then they have, uh, I think it's 16 and, and 24, 16 and 18 um, later in the draft. So OKC was a big loser. Um uh, the Toronto Raptors moved up the most. Uh, I think they moved up four spots from where they were supposed to be. They moved up to number four overall. And a lot of the draft experts, I'm not a draft expert. Um, you know, I, I'm certainly interested in it because of where Cleveland's picking, but um, they moved up to number four. And a lot of guys think this is a, a, a four, um, you know, elite players potentially draft. And then Cleveland obviously moving up to number three was, was absolutely huge. I, I'm watching the draft lottery. I'm like, okay, Oh, ninth overall pick. This is us. We're going to get nine. No, okay, okay, we survived. Oh, eighth overall pick. We're going to get eight. Oh, no, we survived. So for them to jump up to three, I think, you know, as good as Cade Cunningham is, and he's going to go number one to Detroit, and and their GM came out and publicly said, that, you know, trading the pick is an option. They're not going to trade the pick. They're going to take Cade. I still think there's a good chance the Cavs end up with the best player in this draft. Because I think Evan Mobley has the potential to be the best player in this draft. I think Jalen Green has the potential to be the best player in this draft uh, when we look back 5, 10, 20 years, whatever it may be. So even even though they're at three, I, I still think that there's a chance that, you know, as good as Kate could be, I think Jalen could be better. I think Evan could be better. And the Cavs are guaranteed to get one of those guys if they want them. So let's let's get right off into it. Let's let, let's get, let, People want to know. Let's break this down. Mobley um, versus Jalen Green. We got about two months to get to the like this is going to be the debate uh, because we we know Kate Cunningham's probably going to go to uh, Detroit. When you look at Mobley and his skill set, I I keep watching him. I think I'm thinking uh, Chris Bosh maybe. I, I'm thinking some some somewhere around those terms. Uh, Jalen Green. Uh, I'm thinking of who, who was a guy Jalen Green reminds you of a guy that can, um, get it off the bounce, uh, a better improving jump shot. Who does Jalen Green remind you of? Yeah, I think the most common comparison I've seen for Jalen Green is, is a Zach Levine, um, for the Chicago Bulls, a guy that, you know, he, he's six foot six. Uh, he's, he can play 
uh, shooting guard, but he can also run the point. He can put you can put the ball in his hands. He can run pick and pull, pick and roll. He can play in isolation, and he's just super springy. You know what I mean? Like he can get into the lane, and then you're kind of looking for that layup, and all all of a sudden he rises up and he gets that extra couple inches, and he just slams it on somebody's head. Like that's the type of athlete he is. Um, and 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 Zach wasn't. Zach was good coming out of high school and going to UCLA, but he wasn't a guy that you're like, okay, he's going to be a franchise guy um, like we think Jalen Green can be. It, it took him years to really become, and he had an ACL injury too, but it, it took him years to become the player he is now. I think Jalen Green can get to that spot much quicker. Um, the the season that Zach Levine just had, I mean, he was an all-star. Um, he averaged 28 points per game. He did it on just, ridiculous efficiency over 50% from the field over 40% from the free or from the three point line. I, if you can get a guy like that, um, that's, you know, one of the most efficient volume scores in the NBA can also play, make and, and rebound a little bit for you. I mean, that's, that's an amazing pick. Um, I, I think his ceiling is a probably even a little bit higher than Zach Levine and Zach Levine's a, an all-star. And I, I think that at the end of the day, he could be the most talented guy in the entire draft. And, you know, obviously you say, well, that's great, but, you know, we already have a bunch of guards on this roster. What do you do? And, you know, my answer is if you put in the work scouting him, which they have, uh, which, you know, some Cavs personnel went down to the bubble, um, the G League bubble, and, and, and watched him play, and you really think he's the best player in the draft and you think, you know, he's the best guy for you at number three, you take him and, you know, you don't worry about, well, we have Colin and we have Darius and, and what are we going to do with them? If you think he's the best guy, you take him and you go from there and you, you worry about everything else and everything else will work out itself later. Uh, talking to Greg Schwartz on the North Arms at Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Of course, he's with the uh, Bleacher Report, Cavs Beat Reporter. Let, let's go to this. Let, let's do fits. So Mobley, um, seven foot guy, um, post guy. Um, first thing people are going to ask, you know, we got Jared Allen. Uh, you know, they're offering they look Jared Allen's looking to get a big payday, hundred something odd million dollars. We're also looking Colin Sexton. Colin Sexton wants a hundred plus million dollars. If you look, does fit matter? Um, does fit matter in terms of all right, you draft Mobley, what happens to Jared Allen? If you draft Green, what happens to Colin Sexton? Does drafting either one of those players mean that the existing players on the roster, meaning uh, you know Jared Allen or Colin Sexton, are immediately looking to be traded, or they're not in the long-term picture for the Cleveland Cavaliers? I, I don't think you need to make it an, an immediate trade or immediate move. No, um, I think you know Evan is he's athletic enough that he can play power forward. I think his future, if you want to maximize his ability, his future in the NBA is a athletic playmaking, uh, face up defensive anchor center. Uh, I think that's where he's at his best. Um, and, and right now I would be, honestly, I'd be scared to put him at center. I think he, he's listed at only like 215 pounds. Um, you put him up against a, a Joel Embiid. Ooh, I mean, he's just going to get destroyed right off the bat. But, you know, you give him a couple years to add muscle to that frame. And, you know, big men, they, they always develop just a little bit slower in the NBA than guards and wings do. So that, that's okay. If you want to draft, if you really like Evan Mobley and you think he's the next Anthony Davis or Chris Bosh or whatever, um, that's okay. You can still re-sign Jared Allen on a four-year, five-year deal. And, you know, Evan can be 
your backup center for a year. He can be your starting power forward. Um, he's good enough that you can give him the ball on the perimeter. He can face up. He can he can dribble drive by guys. You know that's that's a skill set that Jared Allen doesn't have. So I think you can play those two guys together. Um, Evan didn't shoot a lot of threes in college. Uh, he made about thirty percent of them. It's it's an okay number. It's it's a good enough number. Um, that's very comparable to an Anthony Davis. You know, Anthony Davis is. His skill set screams that he's a center, but he's played power forward his entire career, and he doesn't want to play center. So, and you know what? His teams have made it work. <laughs> the Lakers are pretty good with him playing power forward, even though he's not a great three-point shooter. Um, so the Cavs could make it work with, with Mobley at the four and Jared Allen with the five. It wouldn't be a perfect fit. They could make it work. Um, if you take Jalen Green, you're like, what do we do with Colin? You don't have to do anything with Colin. Uh, he's got one year left on his rookie deal. You don't have to work out a big extension with him. You know, you, you go the year and you play both of them and you say, okay, wow, Jalen, he, he, he's the future. Like, he's definitely, you know, what we want. Well, then you look for, to sign and trade Colin or you just sign him to an extension and you trade him later down the line. Like, it's, it's not anything that, okay, if we draft this guy, we've got to get rid of this guy right away. You, you don't have to do that. This isn't a, a championship or bust team next year. It's a, well, it would be great if we could make the playoffs, but there's a good chance they're back in the lottery team next year. But – you have the potential to add the anchor of your franchise in this draft. And to this point, you've assembled some really good young players. You don't have that anchor. You don't have the guy that's going to be an all-star every year that everybody can play off of. And now with Jalen or Evan, you have two guys that can give you that player. So you take whoever you think is the best. You don't have to make any immediate moves around them. And you just let it all kind of fester and play together. And, and the worst thing is you have an awkward fitting roster, but one that has a ton of young talent and looks like it could be in the playoffs um, as early as next year and then for years to come. Listen, man, Greg, we 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 gotta go, unfortunately, but we gotta get you. Can we can we get you back next week? Because we, I, there's a couple guys I I totally don't want, and I just don't think they're that good. Can we get you back next week and talk about these guys? Yeah, absolutely, sure, anytime. All right, man, Greg Schwartz of the Bleacher Report. Uh, thank you so much. We'll get to get, we'll we'll have him back next week. We want to break some of these prospects down a little further. There's a couple dudes that I'm like, no, I want no parts of. Uh, thank you so much, and we'll get to you guys, uh, and we'll talk to him again next week. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.